if you didn't need another reason to feel like hope is lost, well, I have some bad news for you. Pope Francis has called a consistory, where he will elevate 13 men to the office of Cardinal Elector. What that means is this. 13 men of his picking will help to choose the next pope. Well, at least 10 of them will. We'll get into why that is in a moment. Whenever the need for that comes around, whenever we need a new pope. These 10 men, plus the three others, will join the ranks of the men who help elect him, replacing those who have retired in recent years. He has already chosen a significant number of men for the office of cardinal. But the news gets much worse, because the total number of cardinal electors is increasing, and his new choices might be pushing this number over the 50% mark for people who think like he, do, he does. Some time ago, analyses began appearing on various websites and YouTube channels, looking at the numbers and odds for the church having a Pope Francis II inflicted upon us, and based on the numbers before this choosing of new cardinals and expansion of the total number of votes, the chances looked high that we'd get a Pope Tagle or Supich or some other similar type of figure. Now, after the new electors are added to the mix, the chances of that happening are all but guaranteed, short of the electors actually opening themselves to the guidance of the Holy Ghost, and choosing someone who has the best interests of the church and the salvation of souls in mind. Color me skeptical on that happening. Let's have a look at this debacle. But remember, don't fall into despair over this, and don't let people convince you that joining some schismatic group that doesn't recognize the papacy or thinks that the Pope is the Antichrist is an actual option. It isn't, and remember, we know how the story will end. We just don't know when. Christ does win in the end. Anyway, let's dive into this. Sorry for the inelegant introduction, but this story doesn't lend itself to, cl to clever introductions. Here's the full list of cardinals. Apologies in advance for the inevitable mispronunciation of names here. It can't be helped, and if you've been listening for a while, you know that I can barely speak English as it is, let alone any other language. First candidate is Miguel Angel Ayuso Guiat, MCCJ. He was born in 1952. He is the president of the Pontifical Council for Interreligious inter Dialogue. Yay, ecumenism. Two, Jose Tolentino Calaca de Mendonca. Born in 1965, he is the librarian and archivist of the Roman Church. That would be the church in Rome. Three, Ignatius Suhario Hardhout Mojo. Born in 1950, he's the Archbishop of Jakarta. 4. Juan de la Caridad Garcia Rodriguez, Archbishop of San Cristobal de la Habana in Cuba. 5. Fridolin Ambongo Bisunga OFM, I believe he's a Capuchin, Archbishop of Kinshasa, Democratic Republic of the Congo. It looks like they're going to liberalize the African bishops here, as you'll see. 6. Jean-Claude Hollerich, S.J., yay, another Jesuit cardinal, Archbishop of Luxembourg. 7. Alvaro Lionel Ramazzini Emeri, born in 1947, Bishop of Tenango, Guatemala. Number 8. Matteo Mar Maria Zuppi, we'll get to him in a second, Archbishop of Bologna in Italy. 9. Cristobal Lopez Romero, Archbishop of Rabat, Morocco. Michael Jerney, S.J., yay, another Jesuit, Undersecretary of the Migrant and Refugee Section of the Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development. 11. Michael Luis Fitzgerald, M.A.F.R., born in 1937, Apostolic Nuncio, he's retired. 12. Sigitatis Tomkavicius, S.J., <laughs> Jesuits everywhere. He's the Archbishop Emeritus of Kaunas, Lithuania. 
Um, again, born in 1938. Eugenio del Corso, PSDP, born in 1939, the Bishop Emeritus of Benguala, Angola. That's 13 men total. Quick note, however. The laws governing the election of the Pope limit the age of a cardinal to having the vote to being under the age of 80. That means three of the 13 are honorary titles. At least the last three names on the list are over 80 years of age. Further, nearly a third of the rest will hit retirement age in the next decade as well, though some not for eight years, and it is unlikely, given Francis's age, that by 2028 there will be a new papal conclave, or rather it is likely. Of course, none of this precludes Francis from replacing more retiring cardinals in the future. We know, for example, that Archbishop Chaput will hit retirement age this year, and he is one of the better bishops in the United States. So after looking at what the Catholic Herald had to say, which is where I got that list of names from, and you can find a link to that on the blog as usual, the best way to see how bad this is is to go right to the most obvious choice, Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church. And boy howdy is he happy. As it turns out, most of these choices are sado heretics, to borrow Michael Boris's phrase, and the types who have been advocating for pretty much everything on the Francis agenda. These are secular activists who have added a thin Catholic veneer to the values of the world, and promote pretty much every annoying and dangerous secular policy of the international oligarchical elite that the Pope promotes. So it's more of the same, both in the figurative sense and in the literal sense. I'm not going to go over every name here, but Pastor Jimmy Martin is as giddy as a schoolgirl over the choice of Archbishop Matteo Zuppi of Bologna, who is Martin's, who in Martin's own words is a, is a, uh, we'll say, rainbow heretic. Let's read his tweet so that I don't misrepresent the, the famous celebrity Jesuit priest's words. Quote, Pope Francis is also named Archbishop Matteo Zuppi of Bologna as a cardinal. He's a great supporter of hashtag acronym Catholics and wrote the four to the Italian version of my book, Building a Bridge, end quote. Okay, so yeah, it's bad. The same Pope who said men like this can't be in the priesthood is now elevating their advocates to the level of cardinal. But don't take my word for it. Last year, he penned an op-ed in, in America magazine, the heretical rag published by the Jesuits that recently praised communism. Here's a quote to give you an idea of what he and almost certainly the bulk of the rest of the new appointments feel about the acronym issue. The only thing I'm going to do is call it same-sex attraction, not the secular world that they want us to use. Otherwise, this is a verbatim quote. Quote, The words of Pope Francis in Amoris Laetitia urge us to adopt a, a wider perspective one that translates the same timeless doctrine into new pastoral journeys. Families should give respectful pastoral guidance so that those manif who manifest a same-sex orientation can receive the assistance they need to understand and fully carry out God's will in their lives. It's a quote from Amoris Laetitia, paragraph 250. As Pope Francis has reminded us many times in pastoral settings, we are not called to content ourselves with a simple application of moral norms. We must decide instead upon a true and patient accompaniment. To accompany, to discern, to integrate, one that favors the comprehension and vital engagement of the gospel message on the part of every person without reducing it. To this end, we must use a wide pedagogy of gradualism that, while taking the particular circumstances of each person into account, does not take anything away from the integrity of faith and doctrine. This is the appropriate way to exercise the church's ministry as mother and teacher. End quote. Look, Archbishop Zuppi admits it himself here. The pedagogy of gradualism is insidious. 
Gradualism is how we got to the place we are, with small changes made over decades and even centuries to our disciplines, doctrines, and interpretations of dogma. Gradualism is why we are having a conversation about women's ordination forced on the church. It's why we have alpha programs in Catholic parishes. It's why we no longer fast as Catholic people, not in any meaningful way. It's why we've gone from St. Peter Damien's approach to the issue Martin promotes, to Martin being the voice of the mainstream Catholic position instead. It's why we have ecumenism in the church now, instead of the position of St. John Vianney on Protestantism, and many, many other things. Gradualism is insidious, and Zuppi is openly admitting that it is an approach we must use to address this issue and, frankly, any other issue under the sun. So where does that leave us? At the very least, the next few months and years will be highly entertaining. And God willing, I and the other content creators you like will all be here to talk people through this. But on a serious note, it means the onus is on all of us to keep the faith alive. You and I are duty-bound now, more than ever, to help guide one another, our families, our neighbors, and people who come into our lives into the faith. If they're already Catholics, then to help them come to know the true faith. We're certainly going to be entering a time of greater obscurity and obfuscation of the faith more than we already are. So expect more political activism in the name of the faith, but that in reality has little to do with the faith itself. Expect more scandals, more bizarre statements from the top, and more synods. To be honest with you, and I hate to give you another downer, I expect a San Francisco synod at some point in the next few years. Maybe that will be the last straw before the chastisement. I don't know for certain, but I can't imagine that if something like that were to come to pass that God would let the modernist party and this new planet Sodom and Gomorrah we've made for ourselves go on much longer without a much-needed cleansing. But again, I could be wrong. So stay rigid. Stay close to Christ and his church. Keep the faith. Don't leave for other tra faith traditions that you think aren't as corrupted because, guess what? They're in as bad shape as the Catholic Church is, and in most cases, even in worse shape. And also remember, there is no salvation outside the Church. The bark of Peter may be taking on water and piloted by scoundrels at the moment, but that doesn't mean we can jump ship. Keep the faith, consecrate yourselves to Jesus through Our Lady, become saints, and stand tall for Christ. This is probably why we were born at this time in history. Thank you for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.